You're listening to the Good News Gurus podcast, produced by the number one positive news website, Good News Network, sharing awe-inspiring stories from around the world and ruminations on how to be good and do good. Now, here's the show. Hey, all, it's Jerry, founder and editor of Good News Network with our sixth episode of Good News Gurus, the positive pandemic podcast that we started with my partner that I started with my partner, Anthony. Hey, Anthony, you there? Good morning, Jerry. I'm excited. This is it. I'm, I'm excited for episode six, not only to share another podcast episode with you, my lovely partner, oh. and good news, but I am just as excited to say that we are going to interview Emmanuel Kelly. And Emmanuel Kelly, you can check out on our Facebook page because on Monday morning, we he is going to release his worldwide premiere of his video for Never Alone, featuring some amazing A-list celebrities that I just can't wait for him to get his day. Chris Martin produced, Paul Oakenfold mixed. He's our it, old friend. Yes. Who we interviewed on a Facebook Live a couple years ago. Yes. Uh, an amazing story of how he um, was- a- Left to die in a yeah. shoebox in Iraq during the war and- uh, was was raised in an orphanage until this unbelievable, beautiful saint of a mother came and yeah. adopted him from Australia. Go ahead. And then he and then he won the uh, X Factor prize for singing in Australia. Yeah, he'll share his story with us pretty soon after these uh, our yeah. good news of the day. A shout out to everyone who, like me, is sheltering alone. Anthony here has his family. Oh, that's so true. I heard families are are getting are getting to their nerves end with their kids at home trying to school them. Have you heard anything like that? Yes, I mean it's it's all over. You can't miss it whether it's on uh, social or just walking down the neighborhood and talking to your neighbors. <laughs> I think you know there's I think we might even talked about this, but people are either having babies or divorces is sort of the uh, Yeah, I've heard the laughing, that. right? Um it's fun. It's interesting for us again. I think we're you know, a few weeks in, uh, Virginia announced a, a stay at home until June 10th. And I think that shocked mm-hmm. a lot of people back home. I think that today I read a superintendent of California saying, don't expect your kids to go back this year, this semester. Mm-hmm. So that I think is where things, I think it's going to be interesting a couple of weeks in from now. Um, See, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't have anybody around me that have has kids that are home with them. But um, if, if we, if I were in conversation with any, and if any of our readers are having um, issues with their kids, um, I have some advice because we, we talked about this a couple, couple episodes ago that I, I was an unschooling parent. Um, that means our kids stayed home, but we didn't give them any lessons. They, they lived and learned through life uh, because humans are naturally born to learn no matter what they're doing, they're learning. And we, we lived, my uh, ex and I lived with that philosophy. And um, and when, what, why I came to that is because my son and I were arguing so much. He had reached sixth grade by then. And we were arguing so much over homework. And, and what I realized is that our relationship is more important that than that he do a science project. So 
I started unschooling them and I, I recommend it highly. It's a, it's a great um, community in the United States. Now in Germany, I believe it's probably illegal to do that, but um, in the States you can do that. You can unschool and you get them up to speed for a test at the end of the year. They take a math test. They take an English test and my kids always pass them. Um, but anyway, what I was going to say is that anything you do these days you can teach them how to peel carrots. You can teach them how to, fractions are on every measuring cup and every measuring spoon, you know, in the kitchen, you can teach fractions. You can do things with your kids so so that you're preserving the relationship that you have with them. Um, that's most important, I believe, uh, of all. I mean, why would, why would we necessarily think that on the sixth month of life in your sixth year that you have to learn this specific item. I mean, it's really kind of ridiculous if, if you think about it, it in the broad scheme of things. So um, let them play, let them explore, even, even through uh, gaming and things like that. They're learning all the time strategy. I remember reading a study where kids who uh, who were gaming a lot were much better drivers because they were so aware of things around them and their spatial uh, recognition has gotten so acute. Yeah, so, I mean, listen, you're right. And I think no matter what uh, philosophy you come from, we're all forced to have them at home and homeschool. So whether you're unschooling or schooling, you still have to adapt. I love the idea of, of and we've been doing that just as a way to create the imagination and not have our kids be bored. It is baking and cooking and measuring and fun stuff like that. So they're applying the math. I love that, you know, real world applications of mm -hmm. what they're learning and, and spelling things that normally they just would be in a textbook. Um, I think that's fun. And, yeah. we're, and we're, we're trying to be creative, but <laughs> today, he I remember, a, go ahead. No, just today he had a, a day off. Apparently the, his teacher was like, we're taking it. I'm like, really like a day <laughs> off. It was just kind of a funny thing. It's like, okay. So, okay, you have a day right. off. No, yeah. Um, yeah. Playing. I remember when I was at your house and Reza and I played chess. Yes. Exactly. I mean, any any game like that you're learning, Monopoly, whatever, that's school. I think yeah. it, parents should recognize that this is a time for them to, to, um, to restore relationships or to keep them going. Yes. Certainly not ruin them by, you know, making them do something that really is just pretty arbitrary. That Especially because you mentioned you had mentioned that these lessons weren't going to count. <laughs> yeah, I mean they. they I mean, on the, the sad, there is a sad stat in LA County where there's a uh, a third of the kids can't even be contacted, you know, and internet problems. Uh -huh. But the good news is, and that's what we want to concentrate on this podcast is the county and the state of California that I know are are really working overtime on getting computers. Free. I know in our district they're get, they're renting free. Um, uh, Google um, tablets and, and, and uh, different type of tablets. So um, I know Spectrum is offering free Wi-Fi to certain communities. So there's a oh, lot good. of amazing good stories that are coming out that, you know, honestly, but yeah, but I for this, saw, I saw a school, a school system was giving out laptops. I can't remember now what it was, San Antonio or something. Ours is, like ours that. is doing that. I mean, ours is doing a giveaway free Love laptops. that. Yeah. Uh, well, I want to just give a shout out and best wishes to Donna Povey, who is recovering at home. She's surfing the web a lot, and she calls GNN Network a real gift. 
If you guys out there have any good news to share or just want to reach out to us, you can email us at podcast at gnn.org, podcast at gnn.org. And yes. we can move on to some of the most inspiring stories for us today. And um, this was a big one that came out yesterday on Good News Network, flattening the curve. We are doing it from it from Italy to Seattle. Social restrictions are actually working to curb new COVID-19 cases. So it's been two weeks since Italy ordered a nation, probably three now, since they ordered a nationwide lockdown amidst the outbreaks and rates of infection has steadily been declining. The daily rate in Italy reached a high of 57% back in early March. And last week, it reached a record low of 7.5%. And San Francisco has, has successfully flattened the curb, curve. Six Bay counties became the first in the nation to implement stay-at-home orders in mid-March. And now researchers report the virus has been spreading slower than expected. And it's likely because of those lockdowns. Each day, hospitals can become more prepared by delaying the surge. They have time to get more ventilators, more equipment, exp expanding their training of the workforces and stuff like that. And finally, officials in Seattle told the New York Times this week that their lockdowns are also reflecting a decline in the daily new cases of individual person-to-person -person inf infections. Um, it, it fell from 2.7 people to 1.4. That's awesome. I mean, good that's good. News. That that is good news, um, especially when you're on the lockdown. To know that you, by staying at home, are contributing to a positive impact. I mean, that's just yeah. a fact. It's a factor there. Yeah, my I story. Think we needed that. We we, we needed do. to hear that that this is actually working in that's in, right. in some of the worst areas too. Those three mentioned. And I I mean, some separate good news that just came out today that the Florida governor finally issued a stay oh, at home, good. which is which good. is was w much needed. Um, I love this story about the Minnesota State Trooper Brian Schwartz doing his job, seeing a car speed, pulls him over. Happens to be a doctor, Dr. Sarush, and she was driving and he said to her, you know, you, and she's like, sorry, I'm in and out of town. I'm helping out and I'm, you know, a medical doctor. And he, but he said he kind of, you know, she said he chastised her. He said, look, you were speeding. You could have gotten into an accident, hurt some people. Yeah, so he went back to his car. So, so she's thinking, oh, Jesus, you know, I just got chastised. I'm going to get a ticket. And he comes back and he hands her five N95 face masks. And she just burst into tears. And oh. she was, he was like, you need this. Thank you. Like she, he was thanking her for doing what she's doing. And she's literally front of the line. And, and she was bursting in tears because she was so grateful for him. And I just thought that was such an amazing camaraderie story. Um, that she, and I'm so glad she shared that. I mean, the fact that this police officer even had, Brian had five masks yeah. in the car yeah. and, uh, you know, chose to not just give her one, but five. I mean, it's just, oh, again, no, the, no. The, thought, the thoughtfulness of so many people, so many generous, pe generous people out there. And hopefully yeah. we all can participate. Nations are pulling together too, sending masks overseas. Um, in fact, the Russian military started sending medical help to Italy last week after Putin spoke to the Italian prime minister offering to send specialists and military transport planes with, with equipment. And then we just got the news this morning that now they're sending a cargo plane to the U.S. packed with face masks, medical gowns, and hospital equipment, which should arrive tonight tonight. 
Putin's press secretary said, this thing is global, so there is no alternative to working together in the spirit of partnership and mutual help. Well, you got to take it. You got to take it. He also figured, you know, reason, they also reasoned that um, the U.S. would have time to, to gear up. And then when maybe if Russia needs help down the road, we can help them back because we've had time to gear up to our manufacturing. I mean, the good news, that there's so much good news that is happening. And I do know and I do believe that we as a world, but we as a country in the U.S. at least, are going to be way more prepared next time a pandemic happens. I think we'll now have all experienced this lockdown so that we take it serious and this camaraderie in in the ability to 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 manufacture things quicker and innovation that's happening um, all around, I think is is going to be these silver linings that we're going to consistently see over the next twelve to eighteen months. Yeah, and the world is going to finally get a good news TV show. Yeah. Well, I could say TV, but I really mean a a video web series that GNN is going to start here soon. We were inspired by quarantine episodes from all the late night shows um, to to uh, start our own web series, and so we've got our co-hosts lined up. And we're gonna we're gonna do a pilot episode, so look out for that on YouTube. If you aren't uh, subscribed to our YouTube channel, you can go there at Good News Network and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss that when it comes out in I guess a week maybe or a little more. Yeah, something we work. I mean, this that. has been in the works for years, but now it's finally the the time to do it, right? In this it particular was the kick format. In the butt. It was yeah. the kick in the butt. It was perfect because everyone's home and has time, t- more time, not me. I'm, I'm not one of those people, but other our uh, co-hosts and things, they, they don't have much going on. So it's, it's, a, it's a win, win, win for everyone. Um, most exciting story today. I'll start with this one. So after clear cutting, we're going to Senegal for this story. After clear cutting and forests and building roads for decades, the rice paddies in southern Senegal were being ruined, actually poisoned, by salt water entering the delta. As Senegal's Minister of Ecology, Haydar El Ali, saw the problem and later did something extraordinary after he left office. He began planting mangrove buds, hundreds in a day, by just taking a mangrove leaf and you put it one third deep in the soil, then you take two steps back and you plant another one. He could plant hundreds of these things in a day. And then he rallied coastal villages to help. And today there are 152 million mangroves growing in a beautiful coastal forest, stretching hundreds of square miles. It's one of the largest of its kind in the world. Oh my. And you know why it's exciting is, is is if they aren't cut down, mangroves filter, not only filter the salt water, but in reverse, they also filter the mud from running off into the sea. Um, the trees also can store immense amounts of carbon in their submerged root systems, and they absorb the brunt of tidal waves and tsunamis. So these forests, which we have a picture of one, are incredibly precious to do we know how do we know how long it took him 
from the time he left? Ten I years. Think. You're ten right. Years. I didn't say ten years it took him oh. and over 150 million mangrove trees. Wow. I mean, just that's the power of of, of the power of, of a single person. Positive and action. He, yeah. He's so happy. He says, I could I do this every day. He says, I could do this, I will do this every day until I die. He's wow. he swims in the water. You see him in a video swimming and planting and swimming and planting. This guy, he's 67 years old. Incredible. Yeah. Oh, well, hate our thank yeah. you for that. And hopefully you live another 30 years at least, 70, awesome, 40. Dude. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Thank Eight. you for that. I think an innovative story of the day, which I think is important. So, because have you ever, you know, you go get your blood taken and most people just assume their doctor's testing for normal, whatever. I just got my blood taken and asked them, my health doctor, just naturopathic to test for everything. Now, what you forget is every time they test, it costs money, right? I mean, it's, it's pretty thorough. Um, and you, I wanted to know about cancer or anything else that they had. But now research have researchers have developed the first blood test that can accurately detect more than 50 types of cancer and identify which tissue the cancer originated, which I thought was mind-boggling, often before there are any clinical signs or symptoms for the disease. So I think that's what's, I mean, I just felt so happy, right? Because here it is, you have this opportunity to go in, you should get checked at least once a year, uh, depending on your age, especially. Um, in a paper published today on Mar well on March 31st uh, in the leading cancer journal, the, uh, the Annals of Ecology, the researchers show that the test, and this is, I think, the, the really breakthrough, could eventually be used in national cancer screening programs and has a 0.7% false positive rate. Now, meaning less than 1% of people would be wrongly identified. In contrast, or in comparison, about 10% of women are wrongfully identified as having cancer in national breast cancer screening programs. So that to me was, again, it's a win, win, win. So not only does it, can it detect over 50 cancers, not only can it detect where the cancer comes from, which tissue, it also has a 0.7% false positive rate. So that's just exciting because it's all about prevention and, you know, obviously finding out early. So I thought that was a great innovative story of the day. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Hey, Emmanuel, how are you, brother? Good. How are you? Uh, we're doing great. Uh, so we're we're so happy to have you on our show. Mate, I am so happy to be on the show. I am sitting in my room with a pink robe, uh, love and life. <laughs> nice. Are you sheltering alone, Emmanuel? I am not. No, my girlfriend's in the other room trying to sleep. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful for you. Yeah. yeah you know, Jerry, awesome. Jerry, even if he was, he's never alone. I'm never alone. Absolutely not. <laughs> and that's the name of your new video that's dropping on Monday, is it not? It is. It is. That is the new uh, That is the new um, uh, name of my single that's dropping on Monday 6th of April. So I'm really, really excited. So, Manuel, for those who don't know you or haven't listened to our last interview a couple of years back, tell us a little bit about your story and yeah. what and what the song means to you. Yeah, so I'm I'm originally so okay. So a little bit about my background is I'm originally from Iraq. I was found in a box in a park in Iraq by some soldiers who um, were shooting at each other. At least this is how the story goes. Were shooting at each other, and uh, they went towards. Uh, they heard a baby cry or a sound of a baby cry, and they walked towards the box and they saw a child, and that child was me. 
And so uh, what's quite incredible is um, they then put their guns to the side. They um, picked up the box. They, you know, spent three hours uh, driving to an orphanage in Baghdad and they put the box outside the orphanage, left a little note that said, this boy saved us, save me. And uh, and the rest kind of, and, and then the next seven years, I just spent um, in that orphanage seeing some of the worst of mankind, executions, bomb, bombs, gunshots. I mean, it was it was pretty extreme, and but what was amazing was I also met my now brother Ahmed Kelly, uh, who was in that orphanage. Well, his name's Ahmed, who was in that orphanage, and uh, we were the only supposedly mentally abled ones in that orphanage. And so when we were there, we we would change children's diapers. We would have to go up a steep hill filled with landmines just to get a bucket of water. We, um, you know, we 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 we. We didn't, there was no real love or hate in, in Iraq. It was all about survival, right? And so we didn't know the meaning of really love or hate. We just knew survival. And so, you know, for those seven years, we survived and we made it through. And eventually, um, this incredible woman, Moira Kelly, at the age of five, had heard about my brother and I, at my age of my, I was five, my brother was two years older, so he was seven. She had heard about my brother and I um, while she was in Albania. This nun comes up to her and she says, Moira, do you want some vodka? No, she didn't say that. She said, Moira, do you, uh, do you, um, there's these two boys and they need your help. And so she, uh, she gets in a, um, she, she says to the sister, okay, sister, we'll bring them here, bring, bring them to, bring them to me. Let me see them. And the sister goes, well, Moira, you know, that might be a little bit difficult. And mum goes, well, what? Moira goes, well, why is that sister? And the sister goes, well, because, uh, Moira, they, um, they're not in, uh, they're not in, in, in Albania, they're in Baghdad. And so Moira goes, well, sister, that, that's the Baghdad meaning in Tasmania, Australia, because if that's the case, I'll just see them when I get back there. And Moira goes, no, no, they're in Baghdad, uh, um, Iraq. And she said, sister, that's on the other side of the world. So um, cut a really long story short, mum was at that time taking a bunch of kids to uh, New York for surgery. And while she was on that plane, she realized who is she to allow, you know, to decide whether two boys should live or die and uh, and have a chance or not. And so on the way back, when she took all the kids back to Albania, she made a, you know, she was booked her ticket to Australia, but she created a detour and she made her way to Iraq. And I remember three days before she came to Iraq, um, the nuns told both my brother and I, there's this woman, she's going to come and help you. And, uh, and, and, um, hopefully she can, you know, she, she can help you boys. And so, um, naturally mum thought, you know, that naturally my brother and I thought to ourselves, this, this is our chance to, to, to really survive. And so for three days straight, I sat on a window leg waiting and waiting and waiting. And eventually on the third day she arrived. Um, and, uh, I remember thinking three things. One, can this woman help us? Uh, two, um, is she an angel? And three, how the heck did this white woman get in this country? Because she was, I mean, she was, she was freckles in the whole package. And a for, blonde, for, for uh, a brown, for a brown kid who's five years old, who's never seen someone of a, that's a different color, it was it was a cultural change for a second. So, I um, in that moment, I, uh, I I got the. When she walked inside, we both my brother and I kind of got to experience her soul, and it was just something special. She took us out for the day, and from the minute I saw her, we just kind of—I think from her and us, we just all fell in love with one another instantaneously, you know. And then the rest is history. You know, I came out to Australia. I I had multiple surgeries. I learned how to walk for the first time. I, 
you know, learn how to eat spaghetti bolognese for the first time. That was a task and a half. Um, you know, it took me three hours. And I always say everyone's got a spaghetti bolognese moment because, you know, in the moment you think to yourself, oh, my God, this looks amazing and beautiful and gorgeous and 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 life-changing. And then, um, you know, a, a, another part of you is like, God, this is going to be messy. But when you finish it, it is worth every um, every inch of your time and energy, and that's life. You know, I love first that, you look at it, and it's messy. But once you once you get through it, and you get through some some of the hurdles you, you, and some of the tasks, you think to yourself, "Hell yeah, we it's made like it through. The, this is nice." Like the, like the COVID it's epidemic, yummy. it's going to be messy. It is. It is. It is. And then you became a singer, and we told them in the introduction, you won the X Factor in Australia. Was that so, amazing? It was incredible. I didn't win. Oh, um, yeah, that's no, right. that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I always say I um, I won in the what? journey of it, right, you know, because I think, you know, a lot of singers go on those shows and, and, and they experience it and they, you know, they don't make it through and they lose hope a lot of the time. For me, um, I saw uh, a lot at the end of the tunnel, even when I got out. Then I cried and I got frustrated. But even when I got out, I saw a light at the end of the tunnel. People were so enchanted by you. That's that's why I remember it as winning because it, the the video went viral. And uh, what and you you which song did you sing? Was it Imagine? Imagine, Imagine. It was. Yeah. Much better you than say that. I'm a dreamer. That's it. That's much, it. I'm much, definitely a dreamer. Yeah. Yeah. So, Emmanuel, tell us, you jump forward. We know your story of, of going through some trials and tribulations and different people like everyone else, like you called Hollywood a war zone of you know different battles you have to pick, different battles you have to win. Um, and so you jump forward and you, and you met uh, a mentor, a music mentor. Hmm. Tell us about him. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I was really fortunate. I was going through a really rough patch and a really rough time. I you know, just gotten off drugs. And I, I remember asking myself something. I, I said to myself, Emmanuel, what happened to the boy who had balls? What happened to the boy who had guts and, 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 and the child who just didn't stop fighting and the child in Iraq, you know, what happened to that boy? And, uh, and, you know, I punched the mirror and the next day I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, there you are. There's the boy that loves who he is. And from that day onwards, you know, I'm a strong believer in manifestation and I'm a strong believer in faith and, you know, you, you, you God or the universe, or whatever people believe in, puts a path in, in, in front of you. But there's often a secondary path that's also there that you yourself put in front of you yourself. Right. And you, you. Um, out of free will and choice, get to, to get to choose which path to take. Do you take the path that's set out for you, or do you take the path that you've set out for yourself? And you know, for a long time, I, 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 I you know, walked the path that I tried to set out for myself. And you know, it, it just it kept driving me the wrong way. And it was because I was I was fighting the person who I'm meant to be and, and become. And you know, once I learned to accept, hey, you know, I'm, my story is who I am. It's a part of me, and I can turn this into something that's cool, something that's commercial, something that's viable, something that's exciting for the world and for myself. The minute I accepted that, 
you know, things started to manifest. And, and, and one of those things was uh, a mentor. And I remember performing in Utah at the time. And uh, I, I was performing for an Oprah um, series. And it was, you know, I was incredibly fortunate. And but eventually I, I got a chance to send a message to um, Chris Martin from Coldplay. And he responded within, you know, 20 minutes saying, wow, you know, it's such a pleasure to meet you, Emmanuel. Uh, my team and I will be reaching out to you within three weeks. And three weeks comes along and I get a phone call outside to my godfather answers. And my godfather's, when it comes to music, he knows nothing, like zero in that world. He doesn't know any artists. He doesn't. And uh, he and this other gentleman on the other line goes, hi, this is um, uh, Chris from the band Coldplay. Um, you know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I, I told Emmanuel that I would call him in a few weeks and all this sort of stuff. And he goes, sorry, who are you? <laughs> Chris goes, yeah. I'm uh, Chris from the band Coldplay. So you're Chris and you're from <laughs> a place called Coldplay and your name, your band is called the band. Mate, you need to think of a better name. He goes, no, I'm Chris from the band Coldplay. Yeah, no, you still need to think of a better name. That's pretty. That's <laughs> a pretty bad name. Five minutes later, Chris surely calls back and uh, he says, "Hey, Emmanuel, how's the songwriting going?" I said, "Chris, uh, it's going well, but you know, I, 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 I need someone to, you know, help me and motivate me. And you know, I, 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 I'm a great writer. I just don't know how to get inspired, you know." And he goes, "Well." can I mentor you? I said, uh, Chris, are you asking me? <laughs> of course you can. I mean, come on. So from that day onwards, Chris became my mentor and, and, and started mentoring me and guiding me through this kind of, this, this tremulous and, and, and turbulent war zone that we're in Hollywood. And, uh, um, and that was, you know, through the making of remake of my new album, uh, sorry, through remake of my new song, never alone. And, the, the making of my album and, and a bunch of that stuff. So it was, it, it, it's been an exciting journey so far. Yeah. Well, we're excited, uh, Emmanuel, to do a quick live uh, show on Monday morning because it drops at yes. 9 o'clock. Uh, 9 a.m. 9 o'clock yeah. um, on, the, on the West Coast, correct? Yes, 9 a.m. Uh, LA time. That's the correct. West Coast, right? Okay, 12 o'clock East Coast. And yeah. that's the video. And can you, for our audience, can you quickly tease out some of the uh, celebrities who might be? Yeah. So one thing I wanted, you know, the making of the video, we released the song in, in January and, and we, were, we were trying to figure out how can we make a video that's powerful, that can really, truly impact the world. And, you know, I gave Chris a call and I said, Chris, you know, what would be really impactful is, you know, I want to release this uh, around end of March, start of April. And I said, uh, wouldn't it be cool if I had a bunch of celebrities and, and just people around the world um, kind of sharing what they do when they feel alone? And he said, that's a brilliant idea, Emmanuel. And so I reached out to, you know, a bunch of different people. And within hours we had, uh, I can name you the three first celebrities. How's that? That we, we yeah. had. And then it, obviously Chris is in the video. Um, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme is in the video, which is really, really exciting. And uh, the other celebrity is Empire star uh, Terrence Howard, who is also in the video. And then we've got some other pretty freaking extraordinary people um, from one of the world's biggest pop stars to um, one of the biggest actresses right now um, on television. This song, this video will trend. It will go viral because the lyrics are 
timeless. They were written when yeah. you were 11, yet yeah. they're timely that people like Jerry who are alone physically, but never alone socially yeah. and through yeah. technology and through spirit. And I love your lyrics. I love the words. You, I love both the original and the remix. <laughs> and I'm excited for Paul you, Oakenfold my brother. did the remix. Yeah, that's a small little DJ um, named Paul Oakenfold. So yeah. listen, brother, congratulations on this. I'm excited for what it's come. And I think Thank as you, we bro. always talk about, timing is, is always a little surreal. And this is the perfect time to release your video. Really and I'm excited. It really is. And what's amazing about this timing is I had already planned to release it around this time. And, uh, and I always knew that if I were to release this again for a third time, then it needed to be released at a time that the world was in, in, in grave um, need of it, um, but also at a time that it introduces almost a new decade remind people what this new can be forever. i love I'm it brother. well listen we'll we'll get this podcast episode out before then and awesome. we'll tease we'll tease out the uh we'll do a interview at 8 30 uh pst in the morning on uh facebook live and then uh at nine o'clock drops on youtube yes sir yes, right, ma'am. so good to see your face again emmanuel yes. We God had bless. so much fun dancing in Hollywood oh, yeah. years we ago. We did. We did, wow. didn't we? It's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. It's uh, <laughs> hilarious. Okay. We're crazy. All right. Love Appreciate you, you guys. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye. Bye. If you like this podcast, subscribe on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts and send us a review if you liked it. Don't send a review if you didn't like it. <laughs> uh, only uh, share good news <laughs> right a shout out to ocean park standoff for our wonderful theme song thanks for giving us permission to use that little clip and you know like i always say anthony yes may good bless may good bless thank you jerry see you soon stay safe everyone ciao